0: It's a look back at our most memorable show Memorable shows. Did we have any? Do I really need to say my name? The woman at the top says my name. If I say my name again, does that make me look strange? Is this thing on? Dooby doobie doot doo doo. Try to
1: What's happening this week on your favorite
2: soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I, as you just heard, am your host, Dan Kroll. This is episode number 211 of Soap Central Live, January 3rd, 2014. It means with our first episode of a new year, it's time to take one last look back at 2013 here on Soap Central Live. It was... An amazing year. We are going to look at some of our most memorable shows, including some of the guests that we can't forget, things that were said that were completely outrageous, and as you heard at the top of the show before the theme, some outtakes and bloopers. It may be hard to believe it, but sometimes craziness breaks out here when you're doing a live show, and... You know, you got to do the best you can with what you're given. And one of those incidents actually happened way back on July 12, 2013. We were all set to celebrate the 45th anniversary of One Life to Live, but our guest, Jerry Verdorn, who plays Clint Buchanan, was nowhere to be found. We were on the air for a good half an hour before we were able to track him down. As it turns out, the PR person for One Life to Live gave him the wrong time, so he didn't know that he was expected on the air. But we quickly made up for lost time by getting answers to all of your questions. It's what we like to do. We ask for your engagement. If you have any questions for the stars, you're welcome to call in and talk to them, or you can submit them by email or Twitter. And there was one question that came up over and over and over again. It was a, a bit of a surprise to me, but as they say, better late than never. So when Jerry Verdoran did finally show up, it was one of the first questions I had to ask him. What is it? Well, it may be a TMI moment, but here you go. There's a question, and I knew that we were going to get to this at some point, Jerry. I've never, I've been doing interviews now for SoapCentral.com for 18 years. I'm not entirely sure that I've ever asked this question to someone before, but... I don't know where this is going, but this is a question that came up on Twitter that far more people ask this than I ever would have thought possible, and this is what they're saying. They're saying that, Jerry, you smell very good, and they want to know. (laughs) What? Last last time I asked that, I probably got smacked. It was probably somewhere in college. (laughs) But people, this is, this is the word on the street. I'm not sure what street this is, but like a dozen people <laughs> sent me a message to say that you smell very nice and they want to know what it is you're wearing unless it's some sort of uh, family recipe that, you know, don't want to share. This is, this, is, this is the word on the street. Again, never asked this to anyone ever before.
1: This yeah, I can see why, yeah. this, uh, <laughs> Dan, this comes from, I think, the bowling event that I have every year in October, and this year it's on October 13th in New York City, for American Cancer Society. And I get an awful lot of people, and I get, that, I get that comment kind of like, you know, 10 or 20 times during that day when we're taking pictures and stuff. And they say, what are you wearing that they think it's something expensive? Well, my wife, who's allergic to most everything on the earth, the only aftershave she's not allergic to is Old Spice. And I think Old Spice has been around as long as One Life to Live has. And I think I remind them of their dads, perhaps, or their uncles. And, uh, and that's, I think that's where it comes from on Twitter, but I, I'm hoping that's where it comes from.
0: Um, well, I'm, I'm hoping so, too. It's it's interesting. You know, I was expecting some sort of the the baked bean commercials where the dog always wants to give the secret recipe. That's what I was expecting from you, that perhaps this was nope, a, nope. a concoction that you're making. a little spice, meat.
1: you know. Not <laughs> okay. even the cologne, the aftershave,
0: you know. We only have about four minutes until we're out of time for the show, Jerry, but we are going to get give you an opportunity to get us to sponsor another lane <laughs> at the event this year by playing... Clint, Ross, or neither? I'm going to give you a list of of stuff. You have to tell me if it's Ross, Clint, or neither, or neither. And if you get them all right, we're going to sponsor another lane. Okay. Between us, if you get any of them wrong, we're still going to sponsor the lane, but just (laughs) pretend that you don't I love this game. All right. Accidentally shot Blake. Ross. Pulled a shotgun on Bo and Nora.
1: That would be the clinster. He'd do it again, too. (laughs) <laughs> was once mayor. I think Mayor Marlar won, yes, Mayor Marlar. Confessed on live
0: television to committing a
1: murder. But that would be Clint in his robe that had uh, C B on the uh, left chest.
0: Married Erica Kane. <laughs> I give. That would be neither. Has a grandson named <laughs> has a grandson named CJ. That would be Clint. That is correct. Married Riva.
1: That would be neither.
0: That is correct. Is a native of Chicago.
1: That would be Mr. Marler. That is correct. Received a heart transplant. Oh, Clint, I did need it.
0: There you have it. There's your list. Got oh, them all. <laughs> I, I didn't once have to consult Nigel either. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always a plus. We do love our games here on Soap Central Live, and of course, they are all done for our guests' favorite charities. I look forward to doing more of them in 2014, including the return of the $250 Soap Pyramid. It isn't just veteran performers who drop by here on Soap Central Live. We also get newcomers that we really don't know anything about. So Soap Central Live is really the place for them to come and interact with fans to let them know more about them so they don't just think of them as the characters that they see on their screen every day. We were really, really blessed to have Kathleen Gaddy drop by the show on November 1st. She plays the evil Dr. Obrecht on General Hospital As you're about to hear, there are many different sides to Kathleen Gaddy, including a talent of hers to change her voice. Let's take a listen to a little clip of the show that first aired on November 1st, 2013. Did you ever expect to become part of the fabric of General Hospital? No,
3: I, I didn't. I had two days. I came in as a nurse, to, or as a doctor, to bring in Luke Spencer... Take Robin, move her, I think, from one room to the next, and then introduce Duke. Who, well, it was Faison in the Duke mask. And that was it. I had this two episodes, and it was like, it was so gritty and meaty already. I was like, oh, these are great, you know, great character. But because I knew it was two episodes, I just came in, did the two episodes best I could, and went home. And uh, it was really fun to get a call and come in and do just a couple more. Like, you know, I think I had three more. I was like, oh, fun. And I think I moved Robin again. You know, it was it was just kind of, and then slowly built from that. And it was so great because I started with Tony Geary, and mm-hmm. uh, Finola Hughes. It was such a great way to start, and I was I was smitten by them, and it was such a pleasure to work with them. And you know, I'm very grateful. It's just it's just evolved into this really. The character has evolved. It's not just you know working because I work a lot on different shows and I recur in different shows and I do movies and I work in Canada. And I work in Europe. So I, I work a lot, but. This was such a great character, and the writing was so good. And it's not just a one-dimensional character. She's so well-rounded, like we said before. I mean, there's, there's pain. I love, I if they need a crier, usually they bring me in. If they need an accent or they need someone to cry, call Kathleen Gaddy. But this character has so much more. There's so much more depth to her, and, and then humor and the campiness. It's broad, and the writing is brilliant. It's, it's a pleasure to do the material. Like you asked me about the material every time I get a script. I'm, I'm not so much scared. I'm, I'm really excited. You know, the singing scared me, but, but I'm really excited because it's just so clever, so
0: it's really You mentioned accents. I'm looking at your list of can-dos, <laughs> and we have, I mean, there, there are so many. So if you would just humor me and probably the listeners at home, uh, I'm going to read off a couple of these, and we'll see how it goes, and perhaps if uh, Dr. Obrecht was French, how do you think that she would sound? Well,
3: the you know, Dr. Obrecht is a French lady, and uh, she would be very uptight probably, and uh, but perhaps she would be a little more sexual than the German Dr. Obrecht So she would she would not be so scared of, of her own sexuality, I think. But uh, Dr. you know. <laughs> I'm looking back into the German doctor. <laughs> <laughs> the French lady, oh, no, no,
0: monsieur? dans maison. And we have an English accent.
3: Oh, yes. Well, you know, I, I. it was really funny because Frank Valentini, the executive producer, he said to me, You know, you're going to be playing Anna. And I said, I'm sorry. He said, Yes, you'll be, you'll be portraying Finola Hughes. I was like, oh, well, I certainly will have to practice her accent and her tone and everything, and then turned, and I went, oh, no, really? Are you kidding me? So it was was a very interesting process to find out that really she was going to be portraying me.
0: And it was actually a great... trying to figure out how that was going to work out, and with the mask, yet yet another mask. There is an Anna mask. There is a a Duke mask. Um, We're loving these masks on General Hospital.
3: And you know what? They are so good. I mean, they are so good to the point. Joe Blasco did the mask, the Duke mask and this one, and the Anna mask. They are so good that people, I can't tell you how many people have written to me, tweeted to me, at Gaddy tweets, you know, on, on Twitter and on Facebook, and said, "Wow, was that mask sticky? What was it like wearing it?" And I'm going, "Seriously? I mean, <laughs> it, you know, technology is good, but um, that was actually Vanilla Hughes playing her, me playing her kind of thing. So, but it was it was fantastic. I mean, the masks are just brilliant, but they weren't. It was really her." It was really Finola doing most of that. But even technically the sound how they switched our voices, it was brilliant. Very well, done. It,
0: re- it really was. I mean, it, yeah. to me, it looks, the masks were, were really kind of creepy, particularly the Duke mask. It looks like they must have spent a whole lot of money on the masks. I mean, we're not going to discuss whether they did or didn't. It just, I mean, they, they looked professional. They looked yeah. as though they certainly, uh, you know, didn't skimp on that. So one other one that I think could be interesting, Dr. Obrecht has decided that she needs a simpler way of life. She's moved to a suburb of Atlanta, perhaps, and now she's (laughs) sipping mint juleps on the veranda. How would she sound if she was a southern belle? Oh, oh, you're
3: embarrassing me. Oh, I I don't know. I'd probably be drunk out of my mind, and I'd be sitting there sipping my... Brains out and having one after another and picking up some nice gentlemen or not, you know. I think that actually, that'd be really, really nice.
0: <laughs> that actually sounds a little bit like Kathy Bates on the uh, new season of American uh, oh. <laughs> Horror Story. It's kind of creepy. That was a little, uh, a little interesting. So that's just some fun out there for those of you who are wondering, oh. <laughs> you know, what the what the traveler, world traveler, Dr. Obrick might sound like. Uh-huh. So for And and for those who are actually from
3: those places, I
0: apologize. (laughs) Another first-timer that finally made her way to Soap Central Live in 2013 is the Bold and the Beautiful's Emmy-nominated, Jacqueline McInnis-Wood. She dropped by to talk about her new travel series. And as you're about to hear, that didn't stop me from stirring things up, trying to find out exactly what she's doing on this show. Here's a clip from the episode that first aired on November 8th with Jacqueline McInnis-Wood.
4: You know, you are finding out about each location, but this is a more candid, inside look. It's not just me. Okay, this is this is the club, and this is what you know. The given information, you get to live it with me, and you know, I I live in the moment. (laughs) So obviously, within those 48 hours, I'm trying to do everything I can, I possibly can in each location. And what's great is that. Um, I use social media to connect with fans, friends, family, people I don't know, um, and they give me information about each place. So I usually get to each location, send off a tweet, and see you know who tweets me back. And the amount of tweets I get is.
0: It's great. There's something that I noticed in the press release that I got from E. They mentioned some sort of little nugget that says that you'll encounter celebrities and jet setters and local legends that are going to join you on your adventure. Are you crashing people's parties? Because that would be very, very soapy if you did. And I think so fans would love yeah, that. people's
4: parties? No, I hope not. Oh, God. I mean, I crash everyone's
0: party in my everyday life. So. <laughs> um, Party On, hosted by Jacqueline McInnes-Wood, airs Thursdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, on the E! Network. As hard as it may be to believe after listening to some of the clips in today's show, it isn't all just fun and games here on Soap Central Live!, Every now and again, we do like to have some serious discussion about topics that relate to soaps, but may also pertain to some of the listeners of the show. And that was the case back in September when we invited Dr. David Brendel to come to the show and talk about some psychiatric disorders that are discussed on the soaps. I wanted to ask him about bipolar disorder, since there were two characters that were diagnosed as being bipolar in 2013 on the soaps, General Hospital's Sonny Corinthos and on The Young and the Restless, Sharon Newman. I wanted to find out what he thinks of the portrayal of mental illness in our modern entertainment. Let's take a listen to the episode that aired back on September 27th with Dr. David Brendel. So my first guest this week is a Boston-based psychiatrist who, in his private practice, provides consultation and treatments for adults with depression, bipolar disorder, anxiety, personality disorders, eating disorders, substance abuse, and psychosis. He would make a mint if he lived in some of our favorite fictional soap towns, but... He's not there. He's with us today. Dr. David Brendel received his B.A., summa cum laude, from Yale, his M.D. from Harvard Medical School, and a Ph.D. in philosophy from the University of Chicago. He's also the author of Healing Psychiatry, Bridging the Science-Humanism Divide, published by MIT Press. I'm not sure that he ever expected to be using all that education to help us analyze our wacky soap characters, but we're happy to have him here today anyway. Dr. Brendel, welcome to Soap Central Live.
5: Well, Dan, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be part of the show.
0: Well, I'm glad that you're here. As I mentioned in your introduction, you have more degrees in a thermometer. So I want to let you give a, a brief bio to the folks who are listening so they can know a little bit about you before we go into talking about some fictional and some very real topics today.
5: Well, uh, well, as I'm sure your listeners know, I spent way too much time in school <laughs> in my life, <laughs> and um, you know, have spent the last um, ten or fifteen years trying to unlearn everything that I <laughs> learned in medical school and okay. in all my other schooling. Um, but in you know, in seriousness, I, I I love being a psychiatrist. I also do a lot of work in business and executive coaching, so I'm I'm very energized by the work and. Um, I'm really excited to think with you about the overlap between the, uh, the world on the television and the world of fantasy and how things sometimes play out in the all-too-real world.
0: Well, because I think for me, and I, I sort of feel bad saying this when we're, we're looking in depth, a lot of my favorite characters, particularly on soaps, are the ones who, if you'll pardon the term, are seen as crazy. You know, they're doing all the things that we know that they shouldn't do. They're, you know, running around stealing people's identities and throwing them in mineshafts, shafts, all that other stuff. It makes for great television. But do you think that that does foster some of the stigma that you talked about where there are still a lot of people who see having some sort of, of, of a mental illness or other issue as being a sign of weakness or a sign of failure?
5: Well, I think that's a that's a great question. I, I would say I, I share with you the uh, the idea that some of my favorite people are people who are labeled as crazy, <laughs> uh, and I'm talking about in the real world. So, um, you know, whether I'm thinking about my personal life or in in my practice, um, you know, pe- people that um, come with uh, bizarre thinking, delusional thoughts, uh, um, mania um, they're they're often in- incredibly interesting and creative people, um, at the same time they are really uh, in many or most cases um, suffering and, and uh, need some help and, and compassion. Um, I think one of the things about mental illness that is so important to point out is it is incredibly common, at least 20% of people in their lifetimes in, in the US will suffer with uh, major depression, about an equal percentage with anxiety. Several percent of the population uh, is is bipolar. Uh, at least one percent has schizophrenia and is severely psychotic. Uh, and then if you think about um, all of the friends and loved ones of those people, uh, it touches everybody's lives in, in some way.
0: If you would like to learn more about Dr. David Brendel or his practice, you can check out his aptly named website at drdavidbrendel.com. Funny how that worked out. And continuing on our theme of serious discussions that we had on Soap Central Live in 2013, around the very beginning of the year, there was a topic that came up that was really extremely controversial. It was something that applied to people on both coasts. It applied to the old and the young. And we had to talk about it on Soap Central Live, and that was the decision to retire one of the pieces From the Monopoly game. Okay, so maybe that's not as serious as discussing mental illness, but it was really something that a lot of people had opinions about. So when Nathan Owens and Christina Bennett Lind dropped by on the show on January 25th, 2013, I couldn't help but ask them to weigh in with their opinions of which of the Monopoly pieces, those classic Monopoly metal pieces, they would want to vote out. We're almost out of time, so I have one last question for you. We're asking everybody to weigh in on this, the big sure. issue of the day. They're supposedly retiring one of the pieces from the Monopoly game. And I'm wondering, I don't Ooh. know when the last time you played Monopoly was. Do you have sure. a favorite token that you'd like to play Monopoly with?
4: That is funny. That's a great question. Um, yeah, did they, did they say which one they're retiring?
0: They're letting fans vote. Uh, right now the wheelbarrow is in last place, so that's going to be the one to get kicked out of here.
4: I gotta be honest. I would get rid of the wheelbarrow as well. <laughs> Why? It's 2013. It's 2013, and there's, there's, there's gotta be a better a better symbol out there. There's gotta be. You know, I was a big fan of. The, I always liked the car just because I was when I was a little kid. I would like to drive around like, mm, mm, you know, the car was <laughs> one of my go-to's. Yeah.
0: Well, we the will, there's a symbol.
4: There's a symbol, right?
0: The, there, there, there's the the thimble and the car and the dog and but yeah, the wheelbarrow looks like it's it's out of here.
4: The thing out of there. But the thimble or the car were my go-to's. Thimble because, like, if you're paying, I'm like, yeah, man, it's like thimble, you know. Uh, and because know. apparently you don't
0: need a thimble because you're not wearing any clothes most of the time, so it works out really it, it, well. It, it works out. It works out. <laughs> well, interesting, interestingly you know? Another question that we're asking everybody. Now, this is
5: mm-hmm.
0: maybe more controversial than anything that we talk about, so brace yourself. Okay. They are going to be retiring one of the little tokens from the Monopoly game. And I'm wondering, oh. I don't know when the last time you played was, but do you have a favorite Monopoly piece, and is there one that you would not be sad to see go? Oh,
4: that's a really controversial question. <laughs> it really is. To that. Um, <laughs> I would not want to see go, and I have not played in a long time, okay, so I have to kind of think about it, but... Because I'm actually getting it mixed up with the pieces in Clue. Did you ever play Clue?
0: I love that game. (laughs) Well, I will tell you, there was no wrench, candlestick, or rope in Monopoly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
4: No, I would not want to see the hat go. There's a hat, right? The little hat he wears, the top hat? Yes. Okay. That I loved because I remember holding that. I loved, um, you know, maybe that was the little mini actor in me, like little costume pieces. He had a little top hat. I loved that. Um was what what's that one I wouldn't want to see go? I mean, I'm trying to picture them. All I remember is the money
0: and the fake money. <laughs> while, <laughs> um, you're, while you're thinking here. about that, I will tell you, uh, I spoke to Jordi Villasuso, uh, I guess a week or two ago, and his here. favorite piece is also the hat. Huh. I
5: don't
4: have to contact him. Maybe I'll send him uh, the hat. I have to find it in my, in my board game of it. Wait, that, it's driving me crazy. That, that I sounds like
0: Ransom. You're sending him a little piece <laughs> of your Monopoly game. <laughs> Call me or you won't pass go. Well, I we'll will tell you that, that the least popular so far, it's a whole online voting thing and people can vote and whatever one gets the least amount of votes is out of there, at least for now. Oh, wow. It's the wheelbarrow. The wheelbarrow is bottom of the pack. It is huh. on its way out.
1: That's
4: disappointing. I like wheelbarrows.
0: (laughs) Um, You can send that one to to Jordy because he he doesn't like the wheelbarrow. He says that it reminds him of having to do yard work.
4: Oh, I guess that says a lot about the difference between my and Jordy's lifestyles. That makes me think of a great ride, like a Sunday, my dad pushing me in the wheelbarrow. I I guess Jordy was doing the work and I was getting like the ride. <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: Well, millions of people voted, and on February 6, 2013, it was announced that the iron would be retired from the game of Monopoly. It will be replaced by a cat, which was the winner of online voting. You'll hear later on in the show. I don't necessarily have a fond place in my heart for cats. I guess I'm more of a dog kind of guy. But if you'd like to hear more of the interview with Nathan Owens and Christina Bennett-Lind, they appeared on the same show back on January 25th, 2013. The entire episode is available for on-demand listening in our archives at soapcentral.com slash radio. Here on Soap Central Live, we try not only to bring you interviews with your favorite Current daytime stars, but also we'd like to reunite everyone with some of their favorite soap stars from the past. We've had an opportunity to do that since we went on the air in 2010. There have been some folks who we've reached out to over the years who maybe didn't want to be reminded of their soap past for one reason or another. There is, however, someone who came on the show in 2013 who was more than happy to come on and talk about her soap past. But being a controversial figure, I wasn't entirely sure how the interview would go. That was the case on July 19th, 2013, when Brenda Dixon, who fans know as one of the Young and the Restless's Jill Abbott's, well, she came by, and Brenda has had a history of being somewhat of a controversial figure, saying things that people maybe don't agree with, saying things that people have said were wrong. So I didn't know how this would be ...on a live interview. I was concerned that I could easily lose control of the interview... ...or that maybe some fans would be turned off by what was being said in the course of the interview. And certainly we try to be positive here on Soap Central Live, keep this a fun experience... ...to let people know why we love our soaps. And I was really surprised by the way the interview went. In fact, there is a moment that you're about to hear in this clip where I surprised myself and actually made Brenda cry... It's one of the most shocking moments of 2013. Take a listen now to a little snippet from the interview with Brenda Dixon that first aired on July 19th, 2013. You mentioned Bill Bell. There are some folks who've expressed that they, they think it may be somewhat unfair to mention these things about Bill Bell now, being that he has passed away and isn't able to defend himself personally. Well, what I is mean, your response? Well,
6: I mean, that my attorney worked for him... Uh, is a common knowledge, Mike Shelley. Everything that I'm saying is documented, or of course the Bells would sue me. There's nothing that I'm saying that isn't documented and not and not true. I would never put anything in like that because they're too powerful. I just put the truth in. So, yes, he's not here, but his family is here, and they've carried on with this little tradition. And um, so they know the ratings fell nine points, went from 11 million viewers to three when I left. And they know that they never came back up. They were, they hit five million at one point. I think they're four something now. Uh, they know that this is the truth. And this is what they did to me. Now, I'm not the only actress in Hollywood that has had this done to her. Uh, Valerie Harper, uh, Suzanne Summer had problems. Farrah Fawcett had problems. The girl who played Delta Burke, I forget her name. Um, uh, Welch. There's just a whole, slew of women who've had to fight for themselves in Hollywood that are strong women why only women I don't know uh, there was some sexual harassment in this and by Belle Belle when I was very young and that's in the book and um, you know I'm, not, I'm telling the truth so they're not going to stop this book and that's
0: the other question that I have for you too that some people may be wondering when they think of Hollywood and they think of, of heavyweights they may think of like a, a you know a Steven Spielberg or a Scorsese or a George Lucas and I think, well, you know, Bill Bell. With with all due respect, that he, how can one man who's involved in soaps be that powerful to be able to have this
6: impact? Well, let's look at his connections. First of all, it, I tell my people about Operation Greylord, which was a Chicago courthouse that was completely taken over by the mafia, and um, there was, I think, 85 judges and 65. Attorneys went to prison for taking under the table money. They filmed it. The FBI filmed the sting operation. It's a book called Operation Greylord. Uh, If you think these things don't go on in our court system, think again. And especially in Hawaii, uh, the bribes under the table are are wild. I I have a press um, page on my website with all kind of victims in Hawaii from this. And the, the State Court of Hawaii is suing the judicial system. Okay? And I'm on that film in the state capitol. So if you think this stuff doesn't go on, believe me, it goes on. Bell Bell was connected uh, to some attorneys in Los Angeles, and he made sure that I didn't get any money. And that was a veiled threat. And I have that deposition where he said, I'm meeting with you. Why would he be going to my ex-husband he knew I have had a terrible divorce from? Uh, the whole four years I was on the show, Why would he said he found gold in his mouth. Why would he be seeing my ex-husband to get his mouth done during this period and, and ask questions about my support, which I never got any spousal support? I'm telling you that these things go on. Bell Bell was connected to Columbia, CBS, uh, Sony, although I don't think they were involved in it. I did, Sony Pictures was so disgusted with him for firing me, they said, we're not going to pay for this lawsuit. It's going to come out of your pocket, and you hire your own attorneys. You fired her, and you blacklisted her. So they knew what was going on because Mike Shelley worked over there, my attorney, which I didn't know. They must have seen the sworn statements, which I still have. So I'm telling the truth. This is what they did to me. I was too powerful, uh, and it's very sad. It's very sad that actors have to go through this, but it happens all the time. Soap
0: operas, you, you talk about your, your second husband, and we do have a call from John that I'm going to take in a second. But I was reading when reading the book, and I got to the chapter about your second husband, And of course, the book we're talking about is My True Hidden Hollywood Story by Brenda Dixon, who is our first guest this week. You talk about how uh, you and your second husband were to act silly and almost like children and that you went went, uh, to the Plaza Hotel and didn't come out of the room for five days. We can sort of draw our own conclusion. (laughs) You know, those things to me. That really sounds like the the true love when people tell their stories about true love. So
6: yeah, it's true. He he was my one true love. I'm going to start crying now. I don't want to make. But how how do you go from being
0: you know acting like kids? You know, people are probably in their own relationships and um, think of We had some someone. problems.
6: We had some internal problems with the family. Um, uh, his daughter. Uh, went with the mother. It was one of these situations. I know Susan Summers has written a book about it where, um, you know, uh, the daughter went with the family, and uh, the daughter didn't like me, and she wouldn't um, invite me anywhere to her graduation or anything, and she was very mean to Jan, for, and they didn't speak to him for three years after our marriage, and it just got worse and worse with this with his daughter, and um, he got a little temper going on, and I got out, and um, yeah, it was very sad because I loved him very, very much, and I believe that pressure was put on Jan uh, from the higher-ups because he got that bankruptcy lawsuit of my money owed from Robert Rifkin, which was a $5.5 million estate, and he said, oh, Brenda, I can't try it. I've been threatened, and I'm worried about my daughter. So I think pressure was put on Jan because he was an attorney. You have to understand, these people have control over the court system and can pretty much do whatever they want with a, you know, like a seedy judge, you know, not a real judge. Um, So, And that's what I got in Hawaii. Um, So I think there was pressure put on him, and I did love him very, very much. Probably still do.
0: In 2013, more than in any other year, Soap Central Live ventured outside of the studios to hit the road and cover some of the biggest soap events of the year. Of course, you can always count on SoapCentral.com and Soap Central Live to be along the red carpet talking to your favorite daytime stars at the Daytime Emmys, but there were also some other events that got us out of our comfort zone and brought you a lot of fun and entertaining interviews. One of the highlights, at least for me, was being asked to host a panel discussion at the Hot as Hell web series Fan Festival in Palm Springs, California. It was a little bit of channeling Phil Donahue as I jumped off the stage and into the audience, talking to some of the audience members, and then running back to the stage to talk to the guests. For me, it was definitely something that was a great time being able to host a live event for the first time. You can see some of those interviews on the Soap Central TV channel on Voice America TV. And also, you can listen to something else that we did for the first time, which was a live on-location broadcast featuring some of the creators and stars of your favorite web series. Here in this clip that originally aired August 16th, live from Palm Springs, California, are Steve Silverman, Julia Smith, Crystal Chappelle, and some other guests talking about what it takes to get a web series off the ground and out to all of you, the fans. Let's take a listen now in case you miss it the first time to a little bit of our live broadcast from Hot as Hell. You know, we talk a lot about the move, the transition from traditional television to the Internet and that the Internet is eventually the spot where all things will take place. The question I have for all of you is that it seems when people are talking about things that are hot on the internet, we talk about cats playing pianos on YouTube and they get 6 million hits. And there's truly wonderful scripted dramas and comedies that are on the internet. And for some reason, they seem to be harder for people to find than these cats playing YouTube. Why? (laughs) Why? I mean, why is that when... It seems that the attention span is 15 seconds. Um, Cats are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps I should have picked a different animal. Uh, Maybe cats are not the way to go. I was going to say, I'm like, cats are just so easy and they don't have any lines and it's just, you just saw them what to do. Uh, I don't know. I think that, uh, but I think there is a craving out there for a good story. And I think what is especially great about every person in this room is that we are all part of and telling really interesting, great stories, and we're telling it in a new medium, and we're also bringing um, talent, whether it's Pearson, Stacy, Kelsey, Crystal, wherever you're from, or whoever you are, to an audience who gets to see you in a different way or see you for the first time. So I think that's really kind of cool.:
4: But I also think that you're talking about two different. You're talking apples and oranges. I mean, there's there's trendy stuff and pop culture stuff, like the cats falling asleep and falling off the table, that kind of thing. And then there's scripted drama, and all we're doing is taking an old form that is airs on a different platform and taking it to a new platform. The cats, uh, you know, I've got issue with cats.
0: Well, we won't pick on on cats oh, anymore. Come on. Uh, For you, Crystal, this... I don't hate them. I'm sure people are are going to be taking to to Twitter to discuss the fact that I'm picking on cats. Now, for Crystal, you've been able to interact with fans before from uh, being on the soaps, and you've had the opportunity to have that one-on-one, but for a lot of, I guess for everybody else, this is really one of the first times that you're going to have a chance to meet face-to-face the fans who have enjoyed these web series. So, starting with Stacy, what are you most looking forward to this weekend?
4: I'm, actually, I, I am ready for fun. I am ready to uh, Steve has uh, explained that this is going to be a very laid back and just uh, not so much like fans and web people but just people getting together and saying, you know, we like what you do and we get to say thank you so much for watching because it, it truly there are no web shows without the fans, without the people that watch it and Um, I'm very much aware of that. So uh, I'm looking forward to just hanging out, having some cocktails, and uh, just, you know, getting to know people on a human level and not just some kind of weird... Hopefully they're not weirdos.
0: <laughs> 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 they're weirdos. I'm going to run really fast. Oh, he's like delete, delete, delete. No, not delete, not delete. Uh, they were saying that they were. Delete. You need. They were concerned. You got quiet there for a moment. So I guess you got quiet at, at the exact moment. You, Sorry
4: about that.
0: <laughs> somewhere along, like now, I know that Kelsey. I know that you're signing autographs. Actually,
2: you know what I'm doing? I'm underlining my name, which is so weird. It's what I used to do when I was a little kid. I'm so excited about signing things.
6: You're underlining.
2: Yeah, I'm just doing, like, a little squiggle. Don't judge it. Please don't no, I'm it. not. I'm already committed
1: to it. I'm not judging. I'm looking to see. Are
0: you, how are you putting, you know, hearts and little smiley faces? I, or, so hard.
1: I can't. I did. I did. There was a name that I
2: recognized, so I might have written hearts and, like, squiggles and stars around my name. Because I'm super mature, and I'm showing that right
6: now. Well,
0: I don't want to take you away from the drawing of the line.
6: Yes. But... <laughs>
0: I'm no, done. really I don't. Okay, okay. Good. I'm <laughs>
2: done. That worked out perfectly. I'm
0: done we were just buying a little time there for the last one. Yeah, uh
2: it's very complicated.
0: For you, what are you expecting? I mean I saw your face lit up when I mentioned that's, you know, one of the first opportunities to really meet the fans of the project. So what are you what are you expecting? What what do you want to happen? What should people say when they come up to you?
2: What do I specifically want to happen? <laughs> um, I want a few people to buy me a drink because mom's broke. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I what I really am just looking forward to is that we have done a few of these things. I have another. Uh, I have a web show that I produce, and then I have Julie's web show which I act in, and at all these different events, it's always so fun to meet people. But it's usually really fast, and especially like at the end of award shows and everything, it's just kind of like it feels like a meet and greet because. I guess that's really all we have the time to do, but I'm excited that this is like a whole two and a half days of just chit-chatting and comparing stories, and I think it'll be really
0: fun. And right now, I wish we could Tivo forward to Kelsey on Sunday when she's like, make it stop! <laughs> no, I probably will be crying on Sunday
2: because I'll be like, don't make me come back to the humidity that is Philadelphia. I won't want to leave. You're from Philadelphia. I'm from all over the place, but I'm currently living in Philadelphia. This I am ho- nowhere near here right now. I'm so. Sorry. I,
0: I don't know if you know this. I'm from Philadelphia. We'll really? talk. We'll talk later. We'll, oh no! Let's do oh, this we'll, now. I like this. We'll <laughs> s- <laughs>
2: That's where I live.
0: Okay, so where do you go to get your favorite cheesesteak?
2: I just moved there, so don't do the Pat's This. Because, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But...
0: Actually, it's neither.
2: Okay, tell it's... me the right answer.
0: Tony oh, Luke's. Yes. I like Tony Luke's. Okay. Okay. It's, I mean, it's not in the same little area, and this is for folks out there, you know, if you're going to Philadelphia and you want to know which cheesesteak, we have Geno's, which I think has the best roll. Okay. Tony Luke's has the best overall, you know, there's a, there's a fine balance between the meat to cheese ratio.
2: Okay. Perhaps, so I appreciate that. Perhaps
0: what we can do is we can do a cheesesteak sampling one day. Okay. That That's, would be amazing. Sure.
4: Yeah. What is a cheesesteak?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? i never had So we have a question from the audience. <laughs> what is a cheesesteak? No, nothing. The audience from Stacy well, and McQueen. It was to this, but, you know, from, you really?
4: I've seen cheesesteak, I, I, but I don't know what it consists of. Is it well, it's a sandwich. A steak made of cheese? It's
6: a
2: sandwich yes. with layers of steak. And then cheese on top. But in Philly, the proper way to do it, according to people, which I think is crazy, is not with real cheese, but with cheese whiz. It is. Cheese And is. I'm not amazing. a fan. Personally, I hope I don't get any hay bale Let's from look. my own neighbors. But um, I'm not a fan of the cheese whiz. Anyway, Philadelphia is wonderful, and I live in Rittenhouse Square, which makes me sound so posh. If you know the East Coast, oh, I listeners. live there as
6: well.
0: You It'll live be amazing. Really? I do. That's
2: crazy. Yes. My neighbors.
0: They came all the way to Palm Springs. <laughs> to me. To me. Aww. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> He's
2: like, I live in Philadelphia too. You liar. <laughs> and you haven't
0: had a, and you haven't had a cheesesteak? No, <laughs> I have never had Oh dear. Well, that's usually what happens when you get me and a bunch of our guests together in the same place at the same time. And I had a lot of fun at the Hottest Hell event, but I also had a lot of fun pre-recording this year's best and worst of interviews with SoapCentral.com's Two Scoobers We like to do the pre-records because that way it gives everybody some time off to not have to worry about doing a column or doing a show in between Christmas and New Year's. But because there's a pre-recording, sometimes we have a tendency to go long. Sometimes we have a tendency to say things that definitely shouldn't be on the air. Well, except when you're taking a look back at the outrageous moments of the year gone by. We're now going to play some of the clips from this past year's best and worst of 2013 that didn't make the air, starting first with a talk of coffee and General Hospital with Liz Masters. I don't know what I was saying then, and listening to this clip, I still don't think I know what I was saying. (laughs) That leads us to another thing that you didn't like about General (laughs) Hospital. We're talking, uh, what was it, Folger's Crystals, where you can just add water and you instantly have coffee. Well, in 2013, one of the characters just added water and had a whole bunch of babies, one of which she tried to pass off as somebody else's. If this makes no sense to you, don't worry. Liz Masters is about to explain exactly what I'm talking about, hopefully.
4: Wait, I'm lost Dan <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm lost too but
4: I completely lost
0: what we're talking about, in case you don't know, you're the one who told me you wanted to talk about it. We're talking about Maxie. Well, eventually, Liz and I were able to come around and figure out what it was that we were talking about. But with the Days of Our Lives, two scoopers, at least one of them knew exactly what he wanted to talk about, and he made sure that he talked about that person over and over and over.
4: Tony, I'm very proud of you. You only mentioned Kristen like 27 times. Okay. Hey,
0: I was going for 30, so I was under my goal. <laughs> He did. That might actually. Now that you mentioned that, that would be a very funny for the the week after that that the year in review on Soap Central Live. That might actually be a funny to do a little counter <laughs> of all the times he says Chris and how to go, <laughs>
6: Bing 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 <laughs> Bing so really to see
0: how many times it is. I <laughs> might actually I'm gonna make a note of that, Tony. <laughs> well, it's a great. It's just
4: because people
0: people you know get us
4: confused all the time. So I'm just like, all right, whatever.
0: While the new year is still relatively young, you may want to take one last look back at 2013. That's what we were doing here on Soap Central Live over the past couple of weeks. Check out the best of 2013 show with your favorite SoapCentral.com, Two Scoops columnist. It aired December 20th, 2013. And then the following week, the show that usually ends up being just one nonstop laugh was The Worst of Soaps, 2013. And that aired on December 27th. As I mentioned it is a new year and many of you out there are trying to keep new year's resolutions or maybe you're still in the process of trying to come up with them so that you can try to follow them through the rest of the year. Many of the new year's resolutions have to do with health and fitness, but there are a great deal of people who make resolutions about relationships. So back on August 23rd when Days of Our Lives vet Gloria Loring stopped by to talk about her new book Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. We did start talking about relationships and how people seem to sometimes attract all the things that they don't want. But then, as a surprise, I helped Gloria attract something that she definitely wanted to attract her daughter in law, movie star Paula Patton. She wasn't expecting her, and it made for one of the best surprises of 2013. You talk about the sense of home, and I know from watching soaps and from all of our listeners who are used to soaps, they're used to the whole wacky, dysfunctional, crazy soap opera families, but it seems for you, you have two wonderful sons, they're both married, Each uh, you have two grandchildren, it seems... Quite peaceful. It seems very loving. It sounds wonderful. Well, I earned it, <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny too because we have folks who are uh, who are listening, um, so uh, that weren't aware that you were Robin Thicke's mom and i it's know
4: I, I actually now have a, a, a like um a twitter thing like hashtag robin Thick's mom
0: <laughs> well, it's funny because we have someone who would like to talk to you about that let's bring in our caller okay.
4: Caller, up right there hello gloria it's paula paula i'm oh, the cutest girl in the world ah! how are you, how are are you? you? You sounding very wise. I always get the best advice from you. I was listening to you and you said all the right things. How did you know to be on this this call? All the other magical ways that you need all the love and attention. She's the best manna ever and the best mom. Oh, and bless you're your also heart. so smart and wise and so spiritual and you teach Robin and I think you do you, know, you you know, ways of thinking about life all the time. Oh, you are, I gotta tell you, Dan, this woman... From when I first met her, I just adored her. She was so she was what, sixteen years old, seventeen, I right think in that there. sixteen where I met you. I think I think the, like, oh, I whatever 13, it was, by the it was real, yeah, it I was, guess was as real as he, teenagers can be. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched her. I was there when she graduated from college with summa cum so loud and I mean, this amazing, brilliant, devoted, uh, in, intensely. Well, see, we're both Sagittarians, so we're very intense.
0: That's why we get along so well. <laughs> well, we, uh, this I don't, wasn't necessarily a coincidence. We did arrange for this to happen. And for those of you out there who are listening, it's Paula Patton, who is a wonderful and beautiful actress. Uh, I know that you have to go, Paula, but this is a great opportunity because I was watching the trailer for your new film, Baggage Claim, last night. I laughed myself silly. It was absolutely Aww. funny. Oh, gosh, oh, you're very
4: sweet to do that. Well, I'm excited because Gloria will be there at the premiere. She's always been so supportive of my career, and I can't thank her enough. And uh, I think it's a movie that you'll like, Gloria, and I think uh, a lot of your viewers will like it. A, it's a fun, romantic comedy. Um, I love those. It's just it's feel-good. It's a movie that's going to take you on a journey, both physically and emotionally. It's going to make you laugh. It's going to warm your heart. You know, you can't leave that theater without a smile on your face. Oh, but it's about a flight attendant looking for love on all the wrong places and then in that journey she finds herself and then of course is another happy ending but let's not ruin it for everybody. <laughs> oh that sounds like that sounds like my kind of movie. I know it does, Gloria. <laughs> it does. <laughs> you <laughs> and I, we've watched a lot of movies together on our family nights. So I, I know, I know. Thank goodness nobody dies. Oh, thank you so much. Nobody <laughs> dies in this one, I know. We like to laugh in our family, right? You know, like, it's like, uh, um, Rob, what's our favorite, like Dr. No, and, um, all of those English comedies the Monty Pythons. Oh, you know, no. I know. You, you and Robin do the best impressions from that. <laughs> you guys have taught me a lot about comedy. Well, you are you are just wonderful in comedic Aww. circumstances and wonderful. I just went to see Two Guns, which was a hard watch for me because, you know, this is my girl, my Paula, and and even though you were the character, I can't look at you and not see Paula, too, and there's some really hard scenes in that, and I had to put my fingers in my ears and close my <laughs> eyes. It was just too hard to watch, but you were brilliant in it. You were absolutely brilliant. Aw, that's very kind of you. Oh, I love you, Gloria. Thank you for that. <laughs> I yeah, love you 30 too, 30 honey. 30. Have a fabulous weekend. I know you two are going to the VMAs this yes, Sunday. And, and we will send you nominated. lots of pictures. And we will we'll, we'll, we'll Skype and um, send you some videos from Julian talking about how much he loves Nana. Oh, that's so cute. I know. <laughs> I told, I was on Excess Hollywood, Dan, yesterday. And I was, they said, oh, you've got the cutest grandson. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, I'm the Nana. And I said, I asked him, what do you want to be? You want to be a doctor when you grow up? And he said, no, rock star. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has made up his mind. <laughs> oh, Paula, thank so you cute.
0: so much for calling in. Oh, it's
4: my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Gosh, you know, you got all those chops from you. You're such an amazing singer, Gloria, and and I'm, I just I want to tell everybody her book is really incredible. But what's really incredible is that you're a great mother and a great nana, and you are also such a talented woman both both as an actress and a singer. So you're something to look up to for everyone one of us and I'm so lucky to be part of your family I love you so much I love you too darling girl go have a great weekend okay you too my love talk okay. to you guys later okay bye bye, honey um,
0: we, we do love our surprises here on Soap Central Live and I have been promising you all hour that if you stay tuned I would tell you some behind the scenes details about the show things that have never been made public before and there is one huge secret about the Gloria Loring interview that you didn't know I was trying to set up the conversation to get Gloria to talk about her family so that I could bring on Paula Patton as the surprise. Well, what we didn't know is that Paula had a very, very small window of availability because she was headed to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, to attend the MTV VMAs and watch her husband, Robin Thicke, perform. So while Gloria was going on and on about her family, which is exactly what we wanted her to do, What we didn't know is that the time that we had with Paula was ticking, ticking down. It's a good thing that we were able to work it out, and as you heard there, the two of them are crazy about each other, and it was a lot of fun. It made for some really, really great interviews, and in fact, it was easier to get Paula Patton on the show than it is to get some of the stars on your favorite soaps. Not entirely sure why that is the case, but if there is someone who you'd like to hear on Soap Central Live in 2014, make sure that you send them a note on Twitter. You can send us a tweet at Soap Central, at Soap Central Live. You can send us a message at SoapCentral.com slash radio. Let us know and we will do whatever we can to get your favorite star on the show coming up in this new year. And I suppose that We have delayed it long enough. It is now time for the most memorable moment of 2013 on Soap Central Live, and it was a show that I wasn't even a part of. How was that the case? How can a host not be part of a show that's the number one moment of the year? Well, it's quite simple. I had no idea what was going on on the show. It was... March 22nd, 2013, when Soaps in Depths, Richard Sims, and All My Children, Days of Our Lives star, Chriselle Staus, and my executive producer, John, were plotting secretly behind my back to pull off the 18th anniversary special for SoapCentral.com. It was an hour of surprises, and as you can imagine from someone who likes to have control, who likes to know what's going on on the show, I was squirming in my chair... So here it is, the most memorable and outrageous moment of 2013. It's our SoapCentral.com 18th anniversary special.
4: Ooh, you're in our hands now, Dan. You ready?
0: (laughs) I think we have to figure out some ways to torture him. (laughs) I will say, before you start, I have something here that may or may not help you, since, you know, I'm, I'm... sort of control freak here, but it's this. Let's take a listen. It's a gong, just in case I need entertainment. I will bang the gong and let you know that it's time to move on. Wow.
6: He, he is a control freak.
0: Christian, what do you think? Can we take his gong away?
6: <laughs> wow, who gave
4: him a gong? You know what? We'll let it play for now, but if you abuse your power, we're going to have to take it away. Uh, we are moving on to someone who has been a fan favorite for so long, I know lots of the listeners will be so happy that she called in. The one and only Kate Collins, Oh my, my goodness. mom, Janet Dillon, is on the line. Hi, Kate. Hi, you guys. Well,
6: Dan, well, well, well.
5: Um, meanwhile,
0: Dan, guess yes. what? We've got another surprise
5: for oh, you.
6: Gosh, okay, our next,
0: our next guest, let's see if you can guess who it is. Here is your clue. Over the years, our next guest has played characters who, in no particular order, played the hooker pimping mother of a gay guy, was surgically altered to look like another bad girl, blew up a masquerade ball, and fell off a hospital roof. Who do you think we have for you? <laughs> well, I would think it would have to be a very similar person to our, our last guest, hopefully. I'm thinking it's Robin Matson.
4: I what? believe you're correct. Hey Dan! Surprise! Surprise! This is you just get younger and younger every year. I hear this is your 18th.
0: <laughs> it actually it is. I, know. I started the website.
4: 18th. I celebrate you.
0: We're moving on. Oh we have got gosh. a hit parade here. We got to keep them moving. And our next caller, I'm just going to have our next caller say hello and see if you can guess who it is just from the sound of their voice. Oh gosh. Hello. I don't think uh, you and I would have gotten that. Go ahead. Hello? Hello? Dan, do you know who it is? I don't. Give him, give him a sentence. Uh, this is my worst nightmare. Asking this, <laughs> like, this is your life voice. I am at a loss. Who is this? Please don't mess with my head.
4: Polis. <laughs> Ass. All right. Well, on the line now, we have somebody that a lot of people know from the amazing Broadway show Legally Blonde, but she was laughing in love lost what I wore. We've got the lovely, beautiful Orfe with us on the phone. Well, hi, Dan. I mean, sometimes I'm Orfe. Other times I'm other people,
6: and I, I don't know. I just I wanted to call in. Cher, is that you? Well, yes, Dan. Orfe told me that I should call in today
4: or I should snap out of it. All those really fun segments VH1 does. That's where you'll know him from. BD Freeman, welcome to the show.
5: Yo, what's up, everybody? I, I, love, that I love that I voice. I had a dream that you would be on this show, dude. I totally blew it. I put on Twitter <laughs> that I was like going to be on the show. <laughs> and you're like, they didn't tell you it was supposed to be a secret, right? I was like,
0: oh crap. <laughs> Uh, this has been overwhelming. I'm still processing it. This will probably take me a couple of days to sort out in therapy, but, uh, this has been really overwhelming. And I want to thank you and Chriselle and, of course, John, who's probably cackling wildly, uh, for putting this together. And that is going to do it for our look back at 2013, our most memorable guests and outrageous moments of Soap Central Live 2013. Of course, the clips that you heard during today's show are only snippets of the actual Interviews. If you'd like to hear any of our past shows, any of the clips that were played during today's special episode, head over to SoapCentral.com slash radio. Every episode is available there for free on-demand listening. You can stream it. You can also find links to go to iTunes and download the shows as podcasts in iTunes. And since this is our first episode of 2014, it is time to acknowledge the folks behind the scenes who really, really help make this show possible each and every week. In the Voice America host services department, Randy Jackman and Ryan Treasure, to my senior executive producer, John Missel, and to the guy who helps run this show each and every week to make sure that everything going on behind the scenes goes smoothly, the calls are coming in, the clips are played, Matt Wiedner. He is the engineer for Soap Central Live. I appreciate his work each and every week. Soap Central Live is created, written, and produced by me, Dan J. Kroll, and it would not be possible if it were not for you guys listening each and every week. I'm so thankful for your support. I hope that you will continue to tune in as we kick off our fifth year of Soap Central Live with the first live show of 2014 coming up next week. January 10th, 2014. So join us then at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, same time as it's always been, even though we're in a new year. And we will continue with this saga that we like to call Soap Central Live.